Hello and welcome to the new episode of Back Beyond. Back Beyond is a weekly deep dive podcast to all things pop culture and art appreciation. I am your host, Dave Garansla, and with me is... Knives Monroe. And how are you today? I'm great, man. So we're over here at um, the, 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 the studio on the north side, Yeah, we'll say. And um, I, I went to the bathroom right here. And, uh, you know, for the past few hundreds of years, we see uh, men and women bathrooms. Mm-hmm. But over here in Austin, Texas, you see women and gender-neutral bathrooms. Okay. So I went inside the gender-neutral one mm-hmm. and uh, took a leak and all that. Um, speaking of that, um, you suggested for me to watch movies with Mikey's The Batman Question. I like how that was that was a great like, I know. segue. I'm a professional. I, I, I fucked it up just with saying that was a great segue, but go on. No, 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 no. Peek behind the curtain. Yep. It's all good. You can break the fourth wall here. It's all good. That's why we're here. Um, but... So, what the question? What what the video essay is really trying to suggest is? I, I think we should say first sure. uh, what movies with Mikey is. Uh, movies with Mikey. Well, our listeners are very smart. They probably already know, but I think that's a good idea. Go ahead. Uh, movies with Mikey is a YouTube channel run by a Mikey Newman, who is the head writer for Borderlands, and he he's written for other video games, and he pretty much breaks down. Different movies he's done: The Dark Knight, Arrival, John Wick One and Two, and a really a deeper understanding of why these movies exist. And it's one of my favorite things. Since we're not going to get into the topic yet, but one of my favorite things that I've consumed in 2017, even if not all of them have existed in 2017. So he just made a new episode Mm -hmm. called "The Batman Question." Right. His video essays are so thoughtful and insightful that hilarious, and oftentimes funny. Dave was never uh, the biggest fan of Max, uh, Mad Max Fury Road. Mad Max Fury Road. And so he saw that video essay from movies with Mike and was like, you know what? I think there's a lot more um, to that movie than I saw the first time. And I remember when that film came out, I, you know, he told me that the Entourage movie was better. I was like, well, then you didn't watch Mad Max Fury Road. I don't know if I've said this. And I remember telling you, you you're wrong. Yeah. Uh, but But history will will be the final judge. Um, and and sure enough, I'm glad that it took a, 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 a higher mind, um, such as Mikey Newman, yeah. to kind of really shed that insight with you. I like how you said higher mind. A higher mind. It's just it's like, I'm right here, motherfucker. <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and so every week he'll create a video essay, and this week was about, it, it was entitled The Batman Question. And he had asked Twitter... Who should play the next Batman? Um, gender doesn't matter. Just have at it. Yeah. And some people had said Janelle Monet should play Batman. Some people said, uh, you know, Camille Nanjiani said, I'm going to play Batman. And, and people kind of took it. And it really blew. I saw it live on Twitter. Yeah. And that shit blew up. It did blow up. It was trending at one point. And um, the whole point, the whole thesis of the essay is anyone can play anyone. Mm-hmm. And art is an expression of oneself. So... I know we've identified for the past 87 years that Batman, Bruce Wayne, has been played by a white... A cis white gender. White cis uh, male. I mean, uh, even though his in, his, in, the, in the title of the character is Batman, whatever. Um, and he was kind of saying that, you know, you could have a black Batman, you can have an Asian woman Batman, and, and why not? Uh, think about how f- interesting that would be. And I really wanted to get on board with that idea that anyone can play anyone. But 
that to me means that characters aren't special to me that anyone can play anyone um i just don't think that's batman right that's just not bruce your, wayne your perception of batman from what it's been presented to you for what 60 years or however long he's been around let me ask you um it and i'm just coming up with this on the spot we're, we're talking about fictional characters mm-hmm. so jesus christ being portrayed in a movie as a martian is not the character he is not from mars right okay. he is a human so that needs to be part of the tapestry and batman bruce wayne is a human he's a human first being and foremost, yeah. first and foremost so to say well um he doesn't have to be a human he can be um an android that's just not who the, the character is it's just not why are we pretending like that is fair like if you want to fantasy book that and if you want to do that in some sort of fringe offset i'm fine for that but that's not who the character is why do people want to say no the character can be um a transgendered asian robot i don't i i really can't get on board with that and and, and maybe and, and i'll be honest maybe 15 years from now we'll hear this back and i'll be so ashamed of myself i'm open-minded to that mm-hmm. um you said over here on the car ride to the north side Austin studio um, that I've turned a new light on the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And, and I haven't really thought too deeply about that. Um, I think... Well, because you keep saying the, the long game must respect, be respected. Absolutely. So in that lens. Right, right, right. Um, you know, the first four or five Marvel films are like, okay... And then you, you you see the big picture and you're like, wow. You, you know, it's just like Harry Potter. I got into Harry Potter late into the game. Mm-hmm. Once it kind of got mature and dark and found itself, I was like, uh, I get it now. I'm a pot. I'm a pothead or whatever. So that kind of happens, and I like to see things play itself out. So maybe I won't. Maybe I'll change my mind when it comes to this. But I think that's really silly. I think it goes and, and kind of sounds like it's like the political correct thing to say right now, right? Well, it's it's a weird thing because. Um, it's kind of the adverse effect of, like, whitewashing. Like, a, a lot of people were complaining that when Tilda Swinton got cast as the Ancient One in uh, Doctor Strange, or where, I forgot his name, uh, but the guy in Iron Fist. Uh, Danny... Danny Rand. Rand? No, the the actor. Uh, okay. I forgot his name. He was in Game of Thrones. Uh, when he was cast as Iron Fist, it's just like, okay, now you're whitewashing this. Iron, uh, d- that character's not Caucasian? Well, well any, any, either way. I don't know. But the thing is, it's repre- about representation, about seeing. It's like, well... But in the comics, he's not Caucasian? I'm asking. I don't no, know. I, I, I don't read the comics. I don't believe he is. Oh, I don't believe he is. Okay, I didn't know that. Oh, actually, I think he is. I think. I'm, okay, so maybe it's I, not a good example. I, I don't want to say something definitive. Sure. Just because I don't read too many comics. Yeah. Uh, so I don't want to say something and contradict myself. Sure. Uh, but the ancient one is not a is not American, right? So well, neither of, is Tilda Swinton, but white, right? Yes, white. Yeah. So a lot of people had issues with that. So I really I loved Mikey's take on that uh, when he said uh, Janelle Monet as Batman. I was like, uh, I'm not sure how if I see that. But also, like, in comic books, like, in the next maybe 10 years or so, yeah. we will see a Miles Morales Spider-Man. Okay, but that's canon. No, 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 no. Or also, like, a 
a female Thor. We will see that in our time. That's canon. But the thing is, you could create your own canon. No, you can't. You, why can't you? So this is a great this is a great conversation, pre-show conversation, banter, if you will. I was thinking about this, and I was telling my son, I was like, uh, we did he watch it? What? Yeah, yeah, we all watched it, but um, I had told him, what makes John Wick Chapter Two so goddamn special and so incredible is that. It creates its own franchise. It's not from any existing property. It's not a Marvel thing. It's not based on a book. It's not whatever. It's a brand new thing. It's a brand new thing. So, and it has great lore and its own mythology and its own dynamics. And let's face it, like Keanu playing John Wick. Dude, I think of Keanu's portrayal of John Constantine at least once a week in that it's it's just... It's, it's just, just a badass. It's such an underrated movie. It man. really is. And so and Keanu's like a fucking gem. He's a gem. So in his 50s giving us John Wick like thank you, right? I think he's like 50 I think Mikey said he was like 55 or so something. So Keanu like that. has played two superheroes that had no um, affiliation with and I'm talking about Neo and John Wick that had no affiliation with Constantine also. But Constantine's isn't it DC Comics? Yeah. Yeah, so I'm not. That's three, right? But two that 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 were created by the the uh, the the auteur filmmakers. Okay, right. And it's like let's do more of that. Mm-hmm. So Thor, female Thor. Her name's just Thor, right? I don't know. I just know I, that I there is say, a female. I want to say, but no. that's in the comics, so that's lore. Mm-hmm. Just like there's a Batgirl, Jenna Monet as Batgirl. I'm I'm a little bit more sold on, but Jenna Monet as a as a Bruce Wayne. Or whatever, like that's just not the character. Like, why are we gonna pretend? And look, I understand that. Like, Jim Caviezel playing Jesus is like, well, dude, you're not, you're a white guy. Like, Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, I get it, I get it, you know. And and I'm all for like or anything like, I know there's like gods of Egypt or something where it's right. like all these all these white men playing these all roles. these white dudes, you know. But but okay, so I've thought about this, you know, Idris Elba as James Bond. I'm like, okay, okay, like. I, do it if you want. Do it. I'll watch it. But you know, James Bond has been a white dude. James Bond is a white dude. Create a James Bond esque type John Wick character, a brand new thing starring Idris Elba. Just do that. Do a fringe like inspired by like that's just not who he is. Yes. Why are we gonna pretend that that's who that character is? J- Janelle Monae is not Bruce Wayne. Are you okay if jo- uh, when he poses? Uh, Janelle, Janelle Monet as Joker. I love that idea. Because I don't think that, that's to me silly. I think that's really silly. Why? I don't. I don't understand why it's silly. How can Bruce Wayne be played by a woman? I, I was talking about the Joker. Oh, okay. Uh, Janelle Monet as the Joker. I um, mean, the Joker has been a female in the comics, also. Uh, I see. I, that I don't know too much about. Um, uh, you, you, I, I would, th- look, look, look. I, I'm far more on board with that idea. Um, than I am her playing Bruce Wayne. Miles Morales is like is not Peter Parker. He's his mm-hmm. own thing. So yeah, I, I do agree. We we will see that iteration of Spider Man one day. Um, we will see a female Thor movie one day. Yeah, I I, I believe that in but my like, lifetime. If, if they put, but that's but that's part of the tapestry. That's who they are. Let's say let's say if it wasn't Batman. Let's say if it was a lesser character. Let's say if uh, Michael B. Jordan were to play uh, Green Lantern or well, Robin mean, he, or something like that. If he plays Green Lantern, he's going to be playing um, not Hal Jordan, uh, John Stewart, and that makes sense because John Stewart. Okay, black. okay but, but like, but like I said, yeah. but like I said, what if he played Robin? Um, 
Are you just doing Man. it because of iconography? Because, again, that's what's been presented to you over time. But that's who Bruce Wayne is. Because that's what's been presented to you. But Look, thing is, but here's I- the thing. like, it, it wouldn't be Dick Grayson. It wouldn't be Jason Todd. It wouldn't be that Robin. If they're going to play... If, if he's going to be... Um, if if Michael B. Jordan's gonna be pl- gonna play Robin and his name's um, Devonte Jordan, Whoa. then 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 I'm all, then I'm all for that. Yeah, because that's a new character, right? And they're and they're gonna call him Robin. I'm all for that. But to say that that he's Dick Grayson, I'm like, that's just look like that's just not who the character is. That's saying that's like saying should a should a boy should. Should um, let me think of an actor. Should Jonah Hill play Harley Quinn? Oh, but think about how interesting that would be. It's like, guys, we're being silly. I don't think that's being silly at all. It's just a wanting to see a different perspective for, uh, of a situation of a different character. Now, now, just to bring it back here, and that's not what this episode is. And I'm glad we started off this way because you know it's fireworks, and you woke me up, so that's good. <laughs> but I do want to say the idea, like the, the 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 poignant point of view that Mikey is coming from with that video essay, mm-hmm. needs to be respected and it needs to be said. And I appreciate its stance. And he's not saying he's not arriving at a at a verdict or at a conclusion he's more asking a question and that's a part of art as well like challenging a narrative Mm. challenging a a time like you know challenging uh you know social norms like that's what art's supposed to do and that's Mm. all he's doing he's just showing us a mirror and making us ask ourselves these questions right like that is the point my verdict is well like that's not the character and and so do I think like Jesus has been portrayed like incorrectly? Mm-hmm. I would say yeah, you know, like when Willem Dafoe plays Jesus, I'm like that is cultural appropriation, right? Like it but it is. And they're speaking English, like mm-hmm. we now we know that this movie's like that. Right? Like it's like that. But to think of to think of, you know, I I don't know who who else was, you know, I I'm far more I don't know, like that gender thing. I'm like where is the I mean like look I, I the, the creative license to say that this character is now I'm changing the gender like you can do that and like go ahead and, and here's what he's saying as well and, and, and the thing that I agree with is like if we get a Jake Gyllenhaal Matt Reeves Batman movie we know what it's going to be like we know where that's going we, or John Hamm we've, yeah or John Hamm we've probably seen that movie already right and that's what he's saying is imagine a female Batman yeah. but but that's like saying, imagine a, a male bat girl. It's like, well, but, but, but that's not who the character is. That it's already exists, though. A male bat girl. Well, the thing is, when they say it's like, imagine a male version. I was like, well, that already exists, like a male version of everything. So if you, there's not like, imagine this male version, but with a female. And I'm all for that because like, we shouldn't be able to see gender when we're seeing a character like he says in the video it's acting it's portraying something portraying a character Mm -hmm. and I am all for that Mm -hmm. Uh, there's people that are uh, males that play females in movies or vice versa right or or, I will say the idea the fact that it's called Batman uh, to have let's say if it was a woman with let's say it was Janelle Monae or Christina Hendricks or something. I'm just pulling yeah. female names out of my head. Sure. It's weird with like long, long hair being called Batman. 
that that is interesting to me. I I understand what you say with a new character, but uh, if they put like Mahershala Ali as Batman, I would love to see that. Uh, if it was like a grittier take on something, I'm all for this. I want to see something new. Man, I feel like I'm a cynical asshole. Like I feel like I sound like a cynical asshole, and maybe I am, and I'll be open to that. But you know, all your all your negative comments, guys, <laughs> uh, directed toward towards at Knives Monroe. <laughs> that's uh, how it feels. That's how it feels. I'm cool with that. Uh, <laughs> so that's how that, that feels. That, that's how that feels. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it. Um, An email at. But I, I guess, because I kind of, I'm already going to regret this statement, but I just want to speak from my heart. Like, I, it just sounds like we're in a trend. You know who you sound like right now? And that's not fucking fair. And that's not fucking you know fair. Who you know, talk. Yeah. And, 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 but here's the thing, like, can, can you do that? That's not a question. Of course you can make um, Christina Hendricks Batman. Okay. But let's all know that that's not the character. We have to agree with that. Like, that's just not who the character is. That's like saying, I want a male Little Mermaid. Okay, do it. That's not the Little Mermaid, Mm -hmm. guys. I think you might as well create a, a whole new identity altogether. Create a John Wick. Create a Neo. Don't tread the same water and then say yeah it's the same thing because then you're saying that that character is not special i I agree with you i'm not saying santa claus isn't black i'm not saying that you know what i mean i'm not saying that like make a black santa claus like make a female santa claus like do all that but just know we know what the characters are like that's how i feel about uh atomic blonde when it came out People were saying, uh, I remember reading uh, an article. Unfortunately, I wish I could say that was an original property, but it's based on a graphic, graphic novel. But go what, on. Atomic Blonde? Yeah. Okay, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and one of my favorite writers and Twitter personalities, uh, Britt Hayes, had, had said, it's like, oh, the, the female James Bond is here. And I disagreed with that because I was like, well, I don't want it to be, oh, the female version of this. I want it to be its own thing. I just was like, no, I want people to be like, oh, because I've never, even though, like. I agree with you. The 007 is like this old idea, uh, misogynistic idea of what cool is. And with Atomic Blonde, it was just something new and a different perspective from it. And it made me like, oh, this is actually cool. This is like the female John Wick. I I don't want to, like, micromanage what you're saying. I I don't know if I see. 007 as misogynistic. I mean, that's how it's always been perceived. That's how, I know that's misogynistic like, because of what he fucks a lot of women. I mean, that's what I mean. I know a lot of people look at, especially his older, the older films, as being misogynistic. Yeah, I mean, like, look, we all know that. I, I, I would say, like, its portrayal of a certain type of masculinity mm-hmm. was branded as the only form of masculinity there is. Mm. At one point, which is more harmful to men, I think it is to women. I, I think that's there for sure. I think that's part of the the PC conversation. Oh, speaking of which, did you see the? Are you caught up on South Park? No. Fuck. I'm two episodes behind. The the I know PC principal comes back. Oh yeah, but he's been back. There's a. I, I don't want to give anything away, but I will say this. The last time I saw was uh, Fat Heidi, and that was at okay. Moe's, but I only saw part of it. So there's a there's a there's a vice principal who's a woman. And uh, she's vice, her name, 
her first and last name, her name is, uh, it's, it's Vice Principal Strong Woman. Okay. She's Strong Woman. Okay, and I'll just leave that there. Um, and I hope you go back and enjoy that. I, I laughed quite a bit at that entire episode. But um, anyways, so I do think we're in a political correctness right now, and that's the trend is what I mean. Um, being like, dude, you know, if they remake Seinfeld and they cast a black woman as Jerry Seinfeld, that's not Seinfeld. Why even do that? You're trying to, you're, that's exploitation. You're taking this brand equity and then you're saying, you see, that's what we're being. And we're using this gender politics as a fucking crutch and as um, a gimmick. And that's not what these things are. They're not gimmicks. A black female Batman is not a gimmick. None of these things are supposed to be gimmicks. The guy dressed up in a suit is, is, is enough of a gimmick. You are, know what I mean? Are you saying this just because of gender? Is race out of the question? You know, like when you had mentioned Michael B. Jordan as playing Robin, well, then I think it needs to be, you know, uh, Devontae Jordan, right? Like, it, it needs to be a new Robin. Are you against, uh, like he said, like Kumail Nanjiani? Is he Bruce Wayne? Yeah. Like, oh, man, that one, I, I can't. I, because I, like, I, here's the thing. My gut does not completely, confidently say, don't do that. I, I don't know. My gut doesn't. I'm far more okay with Camille Nanjiani playing Batman. In a weird way, I can see him being Bruce Wayne as, like, this guy. I can see it. Because, like... But a a black woman? Like, that's just so far away from who that character is that it takes away from, I, I think, what that is. And if you want to be like, no, but Batman is not a white male. Batman is is this thing that you know. It's this idea of Batman. Well, that's what and, that's what Mikey's statement yeah, is. I, I, and if you want to like t- break art apart and do that, everything becomes so fucking relative and and nothing. Uh, I, I just I don't really see uh, uh, that. To me, is just a fucking gimmick. You know what I mean? It's just not who the it's not who the character is. You're gonna make a Knives Monroe biography film and cast an Asian woman as Knives Monroe. That's not who that character is. I mean, if they're honest to you as a person, even if they captured my essence, that's not who Knives Monroe is. People still are who they are. You know what I mean? Like Bruce Wayne is who he is. You know what I mean? I mean. <laughs> Uh, you keep on saying, you know what I mean, and we're going to go round and round in circles, and okay. we're both going to have the same argument back Well, you know, back and forth. Um, so it, it was an interesting video essay, I'll say that. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I urge everyone to go, if, if you're a fan of Batman, and first of all, do your own fan casting first. And do you have a fan casting for Batman? Not really. I really don't care. The thing is, like, I'm done with Batman. Yeah. I don't need him anymore. Sure. I really don't. Okay. Um, so I don't really care. Although, like, while I was saying it, and that just... That was a thought. Uh, saying Mahershala Ali as Batman, that's something now I want to fucking see. But uh, And that's just because I just pulled the name out of my ass. Um, but I don't have fan casting. But I'm asking everyone, think of some fan casting that you would like to do. Uh, let us know and watch the video for music Movies with Mikey. I'm not okay with moving on, but uh, we're, we're going to have to. That's life. Um, I do want to say just my final thoughts on that subject. I am open-minded and you would have to present uh, a vision that could sell me on that, and it may and it may work, um, but I guess we're just we're just dissolving 
what a character is and what an identity is. Like, uh, I'm not saying it's black and white, no pun intended, but, um, you know, I, 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 I guess in a strange way, like, iconography, it does matter, but we're looking at, at, at as a PC culture, more like a, as a uniformity, like as an accessory, something to wear, you know, like I, I think back and I ponder over like the, the early 90s when like grunge became the thing mm. and then it was co-opted by corporations and now like runway models are, are, are rocking the Kurt Cobain garb and Kurt Cobain was against that because it wasn't being authentic. It wasn't true to that because they they it was gentrification you know what i mean mm -hmm. like they they tried to monetize off of a lifestyle and that kind of stuff to me just rubs me the long way the wrong way and to be like camille nanjiani is going to be bruce wayne just there's just something like that that i just smell an agenda coming from it that that is superseding like the integrity behind like the the artist's intent that i just want to say like i smell bullshit I, i'm not against the idea but I, I i'm questioning the intent i okay okay um like i don't think you should put Kumail Nanjiani or uh, Janelle Monet or any pe person of color or anyone that's transgender or gay or anything in these in these roles just to put them in the roles. I think if um, Kumail Nanjiani goes against Jake Gyllenhaal and Kumail does better, then give it to him. Give it to the most qualified person. I don't care what they do with the character. I've always said, stay true to an origin. Create your own story. So that's all I care about. So we actually have... Uh, man, we spent a long time on that. I but uh, <laughs> You were the one who wanted to do it. <laughs> oh, man. But uh, that's, uh, you know, that's, that's, the, that's the way it goes. So we actually have a topic. Um, this is our top five things that we have consumed of 2017 yes it is um so that could be films that could be uh, you well, know a variety of different um uh, forms of escapism entertainment what have you uh, from a variety of different platforms uh, it sounds like this could even be something that was experienced in in, in face to face right what do you mean like you had mentioned um like maybe what could have been on your list is like a, a an experience that you experienced live. Yeah, like is that what's included in this? No. Okay. Um, I didn't want I didn't want to include films because that's a topic that we'll do later on. Okay. So qualify this for me. Uh, I'm qualifying it as um, any kind of art that you've consumed in any form. Okay. Either audio, visual, uh, if you read it. Mm -hmm. Um, te in text form, um, even if it's something that you ate, okay, and anything that's like culinary arts not excluded. Yes, I am not taking experiences that we've had because that's something that I would like to do as another topic. Sure, later on. Okay, so it's just things in culture other than film and experiences. So, would you like to go first? Uh, well, first of all, do you have any honorable mentions? Um, no. Okay, I have two honorable mentions that I think I'll get into after. Okay. Uh, so who do you want to go first? Uh, you, I, you go first, but we'll go f your five, my five, your five, and so on. So five, five, four, four. Exactly. Okay. So uh, number five is American Vandal. Okay. Uh, American Vandal. Now, I haven't seen uh, BoJack Horseman. 
So uh, if you have any hate for me for not seeing BoJack Horseman, uh, directed to at Knives Monroe. Um, but I think, for my money, uh, American Vandal is probably the best Netflix original series I've ever seen. Um, it's so good that I saw it on, I'm not sure if it was a Friday or a Saturday, but I saw it twice in one weekend. The I whole saw, thing? Yes, the whole thing, twice. Eight episodes or whatever it is, yes. twice in one weekend? Yes. Damn. That's how much I loved it. Don't get me wrong. When I finished it, uh, due to your request, which was on one of the podcasts live, you, you mentioned it to me. I was like, I'm tickled by that idea. Um, as soon as it was over, I wanted to watch it again as well. Yeah. Well, like, after I watched it, I was like, oh, man, that was really, really good. And then we did the episode. And later that night, you sent me a Snapchat of you watching it. Yeah. And I started watching it again. Oh, cool. it's, it's one of those things, like, when you started watching The Wire. Yeah. I was like... God, well, I guess I have to watch The Wire now. <laughs> uh, but it was like, okay, I'm going to watch it again. And it was better the second time around. Oh, wow. I think it's a accurate portrayal of high school life. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though I never went to, like, big parties. Ever. No? No, no, I never went to big parties. I thought you were the most popular guy in school. Uh, I did a lot of shit. Okay. And I had a crazy, like, high school experience. But not but in that social setting? Not, like... Um, like, oh, we're going to, like, these keggers or, or, but the thing is, like, this, we're getting a little off topic from this, but, like, when I was in high, uh, going into high school, I didn't hang out with anyone we went to school with. I hung yeah. out with, like, college kids. Yeah. So, like, I had that experience, and then I went to just hang out in the hood doing drugs. Yeah. So, it was a different experience. I see. But American Vandal. I went to a few parties in my high school. I didn't. But I was the biggest fucking loser in all of them. Oh, uh, it's we, not like I was like you were Pat Micklewaight. <laughs> Which character is that? Uh, the the fat kid that's just like smiling. That was me. Go back and look at my yearbook. Yeah, at, at least you got a hand job though. Hey, one hundred percent. But it's it was such a great uh, satire mockumentary yeah. of the true crime genre, which yeah. I I do love myself, and it utilized social media in such a great way, uh, even like. Someone passes away um, in the series that you don't really see, and it's not really a character, but it shows like how people are using his Facebook yeah. as like a memorial, mm-hmm. and showing how like people are just like full of shit right. with it, yeah. and it's just something I wholeheartedly adore. I could not stop laughing while watching it, mm-hmm. and it's not just it's not just a straightforward comedy. Like there's heart to it also. Oh yes. And there's things that are like curveballs that you don't see coming. And if you listen to Serial, uh, This American Life, it's in the same vein. Well, I mean, how can you not mention uh, another Netflix original, uh, Making, Making a Murder? A murder. Yeah. No, exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, the thing is, like, with all of those series... True crime. True crime. Um, there's never really an answer. Mm. Like, I don't think you've listened to the Serial podcast. And spoiler alert, there's four, if you haven't listened to the, the Serial podcast, uh, skip forward about 10, 15 seconds, there's no resolution. And just like, oh, so this just happened. And they're com- these are compelling stories, mm-hmm. but there's no real end game for that. Well, in real life, it's different, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they do have, like, update episodes, and it's like, oh... This court case is doing this. Yeah. Uh, with American Vandal, it was finite. And it was something special and something I wholeheartedly adored. And that is my number five. So, 
I, I wanted you to have that rant because I, I, I like talking about the American Vandal too. But you, you said that f- you, you, did, you weren't going to count film, but you counted basically a television show. A series, yeah. Okay. Um, it's just interesting. I, I would tell our listeners um, if they're interested, there's an episode. It might be The Turn of the Tide, one of our earlier episodes, where I talk about, um, and this will segue into my number five, how I think the line. The, the lines are not just blurred, but I think there are no more lines and in, in, in in how we consume media. Like, I think whether if it's a Netflix show or if it's on the ABC network or if it's at um, uh, a movie, at a movie theater, I feel like all these things are the same things. They're just on different platforms. And the platform is kind of a conceit about what these things really, really are. Um, because Like labeled as? It's like they're all feet. They're just in different shoes. And you're calling him, and you're saying, "Well, I'm not. I am not wearing boots. I'm wearing high heels. Mm-hmm. I am not counting film, but I'm going to count this Netflix thing." And it's like, what's the difference between a Netflix movie and a Netflix show? Mm-hmm. There's nothing. It's just eight. It's time. It's just eight hours. You know what I mean? Like, it, I almost want to say that doesn't count, but I wasn't surprised because Dave's top five lists are always like this thing shouldn't count. So that's part of the criteria. So I think you're going to see that I'm going about my my list a little differently than yours but okay. that's, that's just kind of how we roll because we didn't talk about this before. we didn't talk about this and that's why i kind of wanted you to qualify it in the beginning but um i'm gonna stick by it uh so my number five thing that i consumed the most in 2017 is i know it kind of sounds like a blanket statement but wait let me finish um social media and i would hmm. say specifically snapchat facebook and instagram um i consume a lot of now let me talk about snapchat um and i feel kind of feel like that's like three answers in one but social media right snapchat what i like about it is like your everyday normal people are creating content that's what they're doing they're not just documenting their lives like on instagram people are showing you like a a pr version of themselves but on snapchat people are being creative Mm -hmm. with these filters and like just kind of how they remix stuff and i like seeing people who are who you wouldn't label as creative like doing something they've never um that you would they wouldn't even label themselves as and snapchat has been my favorite social media platform um there's something so like not serious about it there's something so um it's not very like promotey like you can kind of just be yourself there right i really like snapchat i kind of got into it big time uh late last year but but definitely i consumed it quite a bit this year facebook i mean i consume Facebook's like the first thing I check when I really? wake up in the morning. Like I turn off my alarm, I roll out of bed, I check, I check my Facebook because uh, I got a lot of messages and notifications and shit. And I'm like, what's important, right? Uh, I remember when friend of the show Jr. Molina told me that Phil Hoffman died, and I woke up and like I saw I saw that on Facebook, and I was like, ah, fuck, like, you know. Um, so whether if it's news, whether if it's like up-to-date videos, depending on what you like and who you follow and the quality of people that you are following, um, I consume a lot of Facebook. And also, it tells me the stats of the stuff that I've posted, and I want to know what my metrics are. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, if I were Your to metrics? My metrics of, like, uh, this video got, you know, 100,000 oh, okay, views okay, okay. Gotcha, or it got gotcha. 50,000 likes or whatever the fuck. Um I'm interested in that. Or like our podcast, like how many people shared that pod? Like, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I check those metrics right when I wake up. Sometimes I'll post a lot of like 
um, I'm promoting something and I go to sleep and when I wake up, I want to see like, you know, did it, did it impact or, or whatever. Um, but it's not just like waking up. It's, um, throughout the day. I mean, I read some statistic, like people check Instagram 30 times a day, like your mm -hmm. average person. That's a lot. But I've noticed Imagine that. like turning on your TV and putting on, you know, HBO 30 times a day. Like yeah. you'd, you'd be like, tell that person to get a life. But I check Facebook when I'm in the car at a red light. Same. I'm not saying that's a good thing, but like I'm on it quite a bit. Um, not just as a performer, whether if that's on Facebook Live, but if somebody's, you know, posting a video, I'm gonna watch it. You know, I, I read people's blogs. I read I read people's conversations. You know, I, I still write on people's walls uh, on Facebook just to get their attention. So um, that's Facebook as well. It's kind of like one of my the, the, a big platform. You look at it as an HBO. Look at it as a uh, an ABC. Like that's the way I look at Facebook nowadays. Anyways, um, and of course Instagram. Uh, I called this. Just a few months ago, I had a feeling that Instagram was going to start implementing, and this is a very recent development, um, kind of like a co-host when you go on Instagram Live. I can send you an invitation saying, hey, you could be at your house. Do you want to be on my Instagram Live? Mm -hmm. And it'll show your face there, and we can have a conversation. And then you can save that conversation, you know, strip the audio, and flip it as a podcast if you wanted, whatever, right? So, I, you know, I, I use Instagram as a search engine. I check its hashtags. I, you can put, like, your, your, your zip code. Um, and, and check who's posting in that area in Snapchat, and you can kind of see, like, what's happening there. Um, I've never used that. I mean, I, I, I use and abuse it. I kind of use it as my Yelp as well. Like, what, you know, if I want to find, like, a food truck, um, you know, and I'm on this street, you can just put, like, the address of that street, and you'll see what the food that people are posting, you know what I mean, in real time, and also the, the things that have the top hits and shit like that. Um, unfortunately, I follow quite a bit of people, so I don't really get like curated content in Instagram, but that's what really Facebook comes from. So, and I, w I would say my number five of thing platform, if you will, platform is like the word I kind of wanted to stay away from because that's I, what it is. I, I don't know if you'd say Netflix. I've consumed Netflix kind of the most. I don't know if you would even say number five is Netflix. I, I don't know if you'd mm. say that, but for me. That's why I kind of felt like, oh, it's going to be a little tricky one. I, I definitely, and I, you know, I'm, I'm somewhat ashamed, somewhat not, because I get a lot of data out of it. But um, as well as like, uh, you know, who am I kidding? A, a lot of time just watching people's behavior. But uh, social media, I mean, that's not, I would say, number five thing I've like most abused this year as well. It, it consumes a lot of my time. If I were to see the results of like, here's how many, t you know, hours you spend a day on this shit. It would uh, cause me to yeah, take a, I, I, I take a second look at my life, Same. but that's just the way that is. Uh, and uh, before I get to my number four, I just want to piggyback off of that. That's one thing that I wanted to put like as one of my honorable mentions. Oh, I see. Not, not really social media, but um, just articles I've read. Yeah. Uh, like Ronan Farrow's piece on uh, Harvey Weinstein. A lot of people I respect, Mo Ryan, Sarah Polly. um Allison Wilmore, um, just a lot of people that every every morning I wake up, it's like, okay, did this, these people post articles. Okay, I want to read these people's articles. What's their take on these things? Uh, what are their opinions? And I just, even though it's a bit of a cesspool, uh, Twitter is always my go-to. Mm. So Is Twitter on your list or that's your honorable mention? That's, that's one of my honorable mentions. Interesting. Go on. Uh, so my number four is another Netflix thing. Mm -hmm. It's uh, the Master of None episode Thanksgiving. Consumed it quite a bit, huh? Uh, it, it, it wasn't like what I've consumed the most. Yeah. It's just what's my top. Let but me ask you something. Now, 
as far as like, are these things that have came out in 2017? Mm -hmm. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. These are things that... So, so that came out this year? That came out this year. Okay. And it's not... Because that's why I wanted to put movies with Mikey. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of those haven't come out in 2017. But if you discovered it this year, it counts. I don't want, I don't want to look at it like that. Really? I don't like it looking at it like that. Hmm. Okay, well, that's a qualifier on my list. Okay. Yeah. What, movies with Mikey? No, uh, just what I discovered this year. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like we didn't discuss this before. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's all good. Uh, but I remember hearing about like, like, oh, Master of None, so good, so good for a second season, and it took a while. on sorry for uh, Batman. Uh, we're not gonna go there. We're not gonna go there. <laughs> we're over it. I'll be Mr. Pink. It's fine. I'm done with it. It's over it. Uh, but I remember hearing everyone talk about it, and it showed that I wanted to give it time. I was like, I don't want to rush into this. And when I watched it. I was like engulfed by uh, the Thanksgiving episode. Have you seen it? I have not. Uh, I'm not going to spoil anything about it, but uh, it. The writer of the episode is Aziz Ansari and Lena Waithe, and Lena Waithe won the Emmy Award. She made history, being the first female black female woman to win an award for best writing for a series for for an Emmys. And while watching it, I was just bowled over by how great it was yeah. as for someone um, just a little I don't want to spoil the whole episode but it's pretty much the it's about Thanksgiving over time about this little girl growing up and re knowing herself she's a lesbian but how do you come out to your family mm -hmm. and knowing they're not going to accept you and there's one line that uh, I think it's Angela Bassett. Her mom says, like, she's like, you're already a black female. I don't want you. You already suffer enough. Mm -hmm. I don't want you to go through another type of suffering. Mm -hmm. And it just, even though I myself haven't had to come out to my family, I'm not, I am not homosexual or anything. It's a bummer. Um, but it is something that the, this is a real thing that people have to go through. And I know like people don't want to go to Thanksgiving for their, with their families if their family voted for Trump. Right. And they're so opposed to it. But this is a family that really gets along. And how do you deal with that and seeing how you mature over time and how like there's parts where they're talking about the OJ uh, trial. And then there, it'll go a few episodes, a few Thanksgivings later. And they're talking about shootings that are happening. And it's keeping up with times. And it's one of the best, like, I think it's like 35, 40 minutes. Mm. One of the best, like, half hour of television can I've you, ever can seen. Can you go straight to it? Yeah. Okay. So you don't need to see, like, I need to catch up on three seasons. No, no, no. no, no. It's only two seasons. Okay. And I doubt there will be another season. Really? Uh, well, uh, Aziz Ansari has said he was like, uh, I don't think there's going to be another one because I haven't lived that life yet. Mm -hmm. he, he was like, maybe in like in five years or so after I've experienced more, mm -hmm. maybe I'll make another one. Mm. So you don't need to watch the entire uh, series to catch up with it. Okay. But it's I'll something. I'll check it out then. Huh? I'll check it out then. But it is one thing that, uh, like this past Thanksgiving, I rewatched it. And it will be something that will always I will always watch on Thanksgiving now. It's a tradition now? Yeah. Wow. I, I will say, man, um, I have arguments with myself. Like, as you were telling me that about, uh, obviously, it sounds like that writer, that's kind of her life. Yeah. Right? Well, I mean, I, I would think so. Right. You would think so, right? I guess, okay. So m maybe that's not confirmed. But um, as you were saying that, I was like, ah, I'm kind of over it. I'm kind of over, like, 
the, the gay struggle. I'm kind of over it. I was thinking about that. And then I was like, you know what? I don't believe that. Um, watching Moonlight this year, I, and seeing that pain, especially being a homosexual and being black, something so, like, I'll so never feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, that movie really ma- made me feel that pain. Yeah. And um, you're an un- you're an unempathetic, soulless fiend if you if that doesn't make your heart ache. Okay. You know what I mean? And it's like I'm not over it. The 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 the, the world doesn't get it yet. You know what I mean? Like I'll never, you know I'll, what I mean? I guess so. I kind of like course corrected in my own brain as I was hearing you. Like it, it'll something that'll never be over. Uh, and I remember writing in high school. We had to write an essay about acceptance. And I and I wrote about uh, gay culture being accepted, and I remember I quoted Morpheus saying, "After a century of war, we remember that which matters most. We are still here." Yeah, so that's well, my number four. Fucking hell, man. Um, my number four. Um, I think I consume Hulu more than I consume Netflix. You consume what? Hulu. Okay. And uh, so number four is Hulu, but I, I'm looking at it as a platform. <laughs> what? Uh, I like how you you were like, uh, you said like, oh, it's like Dave. What if you said like, what? I pick Netflix, and your next one was Hulu. So. No, no, no. But you didn't pick Netflix. Oh, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, 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 for me, this is how I compartmentalize this because I think about what I consume. And are you looking at it as like things you've consumed the most or your favorite things? My favorite things okay. that I've consumed uh, and, and Hulu's up there. And uh, but here's the interesting thing, like every now and then, like Hulu is how I watch Raw and Smackdown. Mm-hmm. That's how I watch it. I don't have those TV channels. So Hulu is simultaneously how I catch up with programmatic television that is going on. Like I watched Last Man on Earth. How is that? It's fucking funny. Like I think That's, it's a, I forgot it's the star's hilarious. name. Will Forte? Will Forte. It's so funny, man. And um and so every every Monday I, I uh I check it and I'm like, did I get a new last man on earth? Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. I'm like, cool, because it's ongoing. And I and I catch up on my my television on Hulu. Saturday Night Live came out last night. I'm well, I didn't have time to watch it today, but I usually watch it the next day, you know, as I'm washing dishes or making breakfast or something. But uh, so Hulu's the thing I've kind of consumed, my, my fourth favorite thing that I've consumed this year. But the thing that I really want to kind of hone in on, and luckily I don't have to spend too much time on this subject, but uh, is the nostalgia of my childhood. Like I mm-hmm. saw a lot of Golden Girls this year. I saw a lot of Family Matters. I saw a lot of Simpsons. I saw a lot of uh, Boy Meets World. And, and, Keep on forgetting this on there. And, and content from my childhood with my adult brain and uh, that is giving me a lot of joy and it sucks because I feel like I'm wasting a lot of time watching something I've already seen but um, I'm watching it through my children's eyes for the Mm -hmm. first time and I want to know like does this hold up and it is it's extra special there are some episodes of Family Matters and I'm like how the fuck does Big Bang Theory pull the numbers that it pulls like it's about nothing it's a it doesn't have anything to say you know um, there's just some and it's not fair to do that right but and, and it and it's and it's what it is and, and that's what they're trying to do and we all need popcorn and cotton candy that's life but uh, there's something about some stuff that just I I, I 
I worshipped as a child and seeing it through my son's eyes, I, I very much, and hopefully I don't fuck up his life too much with all the shit that I show him, but mm-hmm. I really hope that when he's in high school... Stop focusing on dumb shit. I was very proud of that, but uh, which that'll come up later. Um, I, I really hope that when he's in high school and the things that interest kids at that time when he's trying to hook up with girls, I, I hope he's like, you know, and they're like, oh, what do you watch? I really hope Aiden's can be like, oh, you've never seen Mad Men? You've never seen The Wire? Like, I do kind of closetly want Aiden to be like, you haven't seen that? Because mm-hmm. he's seen a lot of shit. Like, he sees yep. almost everything that I've seen. Like, I want him to be like, you haven't seen Moonlight? And and hang out with a lot of uncultured swines and kind of one-up them. Mm-hmm. That would make me really, really proud. But uh, we do watch a lot of Hulu in my house. It's usually a nostalgia factor. So that's my number four. That's good. That's good number four. I mean... Hulu has a lot of great content, especially original content. I know you didn't like it, but Handmaid's Tale. Handmaid's Tale. Not, I really not enjoyed for me. it. Not for I've, me. I haven't started uh, Runaways. I was going to start it today, but I just yeah. I can't log in. Mm. Uh, I gave you the credentials. Um, for some reason, it didn't work. I'm just going to move my Xbox to my living room. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, so, <laughs> on to my number three. Yes. So, I might contradicting myself okay. with this one. You say what? I know. I'm contradicting myself on my own podcast about pop culture. <laughs> At Metal no. Dave 815 contradicting himself? I've never heard of such a thing. So I probably said this was one of my favorite films this year. Okay. The Defiant Ones. Okay. It's because that was originally going to be in my top ten films of the year. It is a film. I, I don't know. Here's why. Because the director said so. Okay. Okay. It's. It is, what, like, it is what it is. I know, and <laughs> I, know, I told you. I, I told the listeners that the Dave's list comprise of things that don't count. Uh, I make up my own rules. It's my own goddamn show. Uh, <laughs> bend the knee, bitches. Um, so again, me contradicting myself. Yeah. Um, I was originally going to put this in my top ten films, and as I was thinking, I was like, "What are my favorite things that I've consumed this year?" And the Defiant Ones is definitely one of them. It's I've seen it. At least twice, mm. and it's it's so good. Um, it's one of those shows that movies, uh, whatever. It's a four part movie. Okay. Yeah. Why don't you want to call it that? You don't agree. It's a documentary. Yeah, um, it's a documentary. That's do- the genre do- of film. It is. Yeah. Uh, it's a. I don't know if it's a film, a miniseries, what we can consider it. I really don't. The director calls it a film. Okay. Okay. So that makes it a film. Okay. So then it's a film. Then it's a film. Is it because you didn't see it in... This is the OJ thing again. Like, is it because you didn't see it in theater? You don't count it as a film? But that's why. I didn't know... Because I think uh, OJ was... uh, Got the award. Uh, OJ Made in America got the award for like, oh, one of the best films of the year. But then there was like, well, it doesn't qualify... So I don't know. It's a gray area for me. It's a gray area for me to see like what it's qualified as. But you're late. You're late. What do you mean? You're late on the on your verdict. In what way? You're late. Like you just keep on saying you're late. You, you're not you, saying you, anything. You, you need to like the decision's already been made, but you haven't accepted it. OJ's been out for over a year. Like no, it's, a, not, it's a movie. I'm not saying. Uh, but the thing is, when <laughs> other people are saying it's like, no, it's not a film, and I think the Academy has even gone back and had to like revise the rules. Like I. Okay, th- that's fair because things are fucking different now. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, if the film, uh, the person who made it, the filmmaker calls it a film, I have to agree with that. Yeah. But 
I, I just, I'm not going to personally put it in my top films of the year. Just for, just for myself. Because you don't qualify it as a film? Or because there's 10 other films that are better than it? A um, little bit of column A, a little column B. So I'm saying you're late. Okay, you sure. Will, you will have a Movies with Mikey a video essay that will explain this to you far more eloquently. And you're going to be like, it's a fucking movie. The lines are drawn. or They're blurred. And it's like we talked about this on The Turn of the Tide. You know what I mean? It's a subject that's very interesting to me because, because people are late. They're late when it comes to this. And it's like you're being tricked that, that your shoe's not in a boot, but it is in a boot. Well, that's why I've been saying, like, I don't know how to qualify it. And if I am late, I am late. You're but right. I am just saying this is my fav- one of my favorite things I've consumed this and, year. And it's a film, but go on. Kumail Nanjiani as Batman makes no fucking sense. It's just a fucking trend. I don't know what if this is a film or a miniseries. I'm late to this trend. Yes. Anyways. This is uh, not a trend. This is a fact, but go on. So it's just something that is very inspiring to me. It's like um, the movie Steve Jobs that whenever I need some sort of inspiration or something, I put on to have in the background just to boost me up. Um, Can you passively watch it, like have it on the background? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Damn. definitely. It just uh, commands your attention. It's it's about being an innovator, an elevator. Um, it's something to believe in when you're, you're looking at someone else to believe in. And the reason how sometimes people become successful is believing in others. And something like when you have your finger on the pulse and if you see someone that has enormous talent mm-hmm. and so it's just like you can do something with this mm-hmm. and i didn't know much i mean i had a good idea about dr dre's history mm-hmm. i didn't know much about jimmy Iovine, and seeing how much jimmy Iovine has really not just what he's done for music but how he's influenced the culture mm-hmm. and how he's changed everything um i can't see a world without even though i'm not a big fan uh, i can't see a world without marilyn manson Right. I can't see a world without Trent Reznor. Gwen Stefani. Gwen Stefani. All these people. Uh, even, um, again, another person I'm not really a big fan of, uh, Bruce Springsteen. You too. Yeah. Um, uh, I, could see, uh, I, don't, I don't like you too at all. You too is like, um, I, you know, you, you said this to me, and God damn it, it never fucking fails. We might as well just say it. Damon Lindelof, we love him. Um, but also, Taylor Swift, um, you had told me that, like, that Connie studied U2 to be like, how do you make these anthems that play like in these big arenas? Mm-hmm. And uh, so does Taylor Swift make music that, 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 that you can hear on big arenas? Yeah. Because she doesn't, in my opinion, like that's what I like about U2. Like there's like five songs you can go to that you're like, this is larger than life. Like I, I want to fucking do something. With U2, I realize, it, U2 is like Drake for me. I realize I like covers of U2 more. Drake makes covers? People no, make no, no, no. Uh, the reason, the only time I like Drake is if a female covers Drake. Oh, okay. But you've always loved Drake. You're, ch- you're changing your mind on Drake. No, but the thing is, like, Drake has always been the artist that, like, I'll listen to, and then I'll after, like, four songs, I'll snap out of it. Like, whoa, whoa, no, no, no. Just, oh, why was I doing that? Why you was got I doing seduced that? by the zeitgeist. I did in 2015. Okay. And okay. I'd say that was, like, one of the... You two is like Drake? Is that what you're doing here? No, what I'm saying is... You like uh, the covers. The covers. Okay. I like, uh, with you two, the With or Without You, the Skull and Kulani Brothers, yeah. and what was the other one? Um, New Year's Day. Mm. 
by oh no Sunday Bloody Sunday by Radiohead. Mm. Those are the only two Radioheads. I mean, U two songs I like, and they're not by U two. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. So it's same essence though. What do you mean? It's, it's the it's the essence of like the 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 grandeur of those songs. Sure, that, sure. That, that probably translate to you. Sure. Um, um, I just don't like, but them like Bruce themselves. Springsteen, e- even Stevie Nicks, like these Tom, yeah. Tom Petty, like this guy, you Patty know, Smith. brought brought us what we call pop music today. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And just like going against the grain, knowing you're taking chances, knowing that you might go bankrupt if this doesn't work, but believing in yourself because you believe in others. And I would add because I was surprised to see for this film. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's not Tangent City right now, but I would add, I, I was surprised to see how grand Dr. Dre ha- uh, had failed. and, and the, I, the, I knew about that. I didn't know. Well, I didn't see Straight Outta Compton or whatever, and I, I, I didn't like, go straight to his autobiography or anything. So it, a lot of it I didn't really know. Like his flops? Like um, the, uh, the record label that he created before... Death Row? Uh, no, uh, uh, Aftermath? Aftermath. Right, and how it bombed in the beginning. With his record, I did mm. not know that. That's embarrassing. Hmm. Like, he failed at such a grand scale, and this was right before M, right? So, like, it, it was a delight to see these two guys, their, their four decades of failures that got them to the next thing. Yeah. That's the thing that I don't think I'm uh, attracted to, that th- part of the story. I think... Uh Dre failed more. Do you? I think he failed more than Jimmy. Jimmy, like, and you know what Dre had that Jimmy didn't have? His fucking ride-or-die wife that stayed with him all the way. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, Jimmy lost his fucking relationship. Because he was addicted to work. I get that. And he, and maybe, he, dude, that, that that story is, yeah, it makes you just want to stop watching it and, 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 and kick your fucking ring, yeah. windshield out and like, get even, to work. Even if you're not an artist, if yeah. you're just... If you have ambition of any sort, right? Like watch that. If you need like so, need someone to light a fire under your ass, absolutely. And I, and I would say if you if you if you're nostalgic for the the '80s and '90s music as well, like it is such a great even like, the '70s. Definitely, it it is a great um, peek behind the curtain of like the the making of you know like the behind the scenes of mm-hmm. the Trent Reznor's and the Tupac's of the world, yeah. and just seeing those two icons and their montages intercut uh, within each other, it was like, this shouldn't make sense, but it does. Like, it just took me back, man. Yeah. I, I fucking loved it, too. You know, and I'm not trying to be a dick about it or anything. Trust me, I'm not. But, uh, I mean, it is a film. Like, um, I mean, I thought it was, you know, and then I heard the director on a podcast and I'm, and I'm say, not that, say that it, it. was. He, he, here's how why I trust that director so much, because um, he had said on this podcast with uh, Elvis Mitchell, I believe, he had said the treatment. He's like, I, I, I cut this movie. If you were watching it and you were doing something in the kitchen, you would stop what you were doing and then go to the living room and watch it. And that's exactly what happened to me. Mm-hmm. Before I'd heard that podcast, I was like, I put it on passively. I was like, I'm going to wash dishes. And then I was like, I stopped what I was doing and I just like was standing in front of the TV like, holy fucking shit. Yeah. Um, that, that is just how captivating that thing is. And, and it counts. And, uh, and I'll be honest, like, it's a good thing you mentioned it, or else I, I would have almost forgot that it happened this year because that's huge. Yeah, I, I wish, kind of wish it was in audio form so I could hear it, hear it just like as a podcast at work. Right. And so, yeah, that is my number three. Number three for me, and I don't need to spend too much time on this because I, I, unfortunately, I, I don't think uh, you can relate. Um, 
to the two specific things I'm about to mention, but uh, the th- the number three, uh, I'll call it a platform that I've consumed the most, um, and that is my my favorite because uh, I kind of went back to it. I ignored it for a long time, and then I kind of came back, and this year was kind of a resurgence of YouTube for me, and more specifically, a, a, a YouTube vlogger that has hundreds of hours of content that I go back to and, and uploads maybe two or three times a week. His name's Casey Neistat. Have you heard of him? Nope. And also a, a, a YouTuber that I'm certain you haven't heard of because he's not that big um, called Cody Weber. Cody Weber, that I, I get to give him a shout-out on this show. Um, in 2009, I found his photography, his photos. He was a photographer. Uh, I found him on Tumblr. And he just inspired me to, like, go get a camera and go make shit. And I, and I still, to this day, want to be Cody Weber in this big way. And uh, he recently had a, a resurgence on YouTube and uh, has made maybe, like, you know, 50 videos this year. And it inspired me to go back and, and, and make some stuff, too. YouTube is, I'll say, it, it may go down as the most important platform of our generation. Like, uh, you know, I, I compared Snapchat to like a, 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 t- a television network and like YouTube to me is the, the MTV of like our modern era. And that that's, it's a search engine. It's also, if you are a content creator where you upload stuff, there's a community there and, and you can find your people on YouTube. And uh, I did this Facebook live earlier this year that got a lot of attention and um, it was pretty successful for me. And, and it was just one minute long. And all I said was, you know, fuck your cameras and fuck your lights. Like, what you, the equipment you have, it doesn't matter. Like, go out and make shit. And it kind of took off. And I remember I responded to every single comment, you know, hundreds of comments. And somebody was like, you remind me of Casey Neistat. And I was like, I've never heard of her. And Casey's a, actually a dude, a male. And uh, I YouTubed Casey, and I was like, where has this guy been my entire life? Mm. Um, and he's a, he's a vlogger, filmmaker. He actually had an HBO show called The Neistat Brothers on HBO. I'm not sure if you heard of it. And um, his friends did Good Time this year, the Robert Pattinson movie. Like, his friends that, that he came up with. The Safdie brothers. Yeah, yeah. And, and so it makes me... I had heard of that movie before it came out, and, and I knew that Casey had... You know, th- they're his bros and shit. So I was like, wow, um, I still want to be able to watch that movie, and I think I will. And I think I'll like it, because I think I kind of know what they're going for, their sensibility. But YouTube came back for me in a big way. Um, I ignored YouTube for a while because... I had to work on me. Uh, YouTube is such a you see better you see people that are like way better than you, way better artists, way better you know more talented, better looking people than you. So uh, you know it's kind of hard sometimes. You cuck yourself like watching this shit. Um, but it, it I think cuck is your Damon Lindelof. Why? You try to use it at least once in an episode. It's a verb. Is that a bad word for you? Uh, I know a lot of people consider it. To be a bad is word. it a taboo word where you thou shall not say that word? I know a lot of people that hate it and then mute it on Twitter. They can do that. Hey, if you're if I was being called, I'm not saying they are, but if I was being called a cuck, 500 times a day on Twitter, I I might mute it. No, I, I I'm just saying it's like it's your Damon Lindelof cuck. I don't want to. I, I wouldn't want Damon to hear that. Um, so okay. Um, I, I guess I say cuck a lot, but you know I say fuck a lot as well. To me, it's just a word, but um. So, it, you know, it, it, it emasculated oh, you cuck, me. You unbelievable cuck. It, it, it emasculates me. Well, you know what I mean? It's like there's some, good, so, like there's some people that are so fucking good looking, so attractive, so talented, so creative, so prolific that it just makes me feel like, man, I'm not doing enough. And so it emasculates me. I'll, I'll use that word instead. That's how, that's how I feel with uh, Twitter. There's some people that are just so talented. You're just like, I'm a nothing. 
Uh, yeah, especially like when I read like articles, I'm just like, yeah. uh, I I turn into like John Lovitz and Happiness. Oh God! Where I was like, you think I'm shit? Oh, think I'm shit. I'm just like, like, okay, I need to rethink everything. Oh man, I, I want to watch that movie again, but I don't. Nope. Um, just go to Mo's. Nah, I'm good. Um, he's probably watching it right now. Uh, so YouTube to me came back, man. You know, um, I ignored it for a long time, and I, I, it, it was good to come back and see that not. You know, sometimes things don't change, and sometimes things do. And uh, I came back and 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 uh, started making some YouTube stuff as well. And I think that was a good decision. You know, it kind of landed me a, a good gig, a good job, a good day job and stuff. So um, I must implore people: if you've never heard of Cody Weber, check his shit out. If you've never heard of Casey Neistat, the fuck you're doing with your life? Pause this right now and and uh, and watch this beast because he inspires the shit out of me. And God knows how, how many hundreds of hours I've spent on YouTube this year consuming. Um, vloggers and you know uh, inspirational people and just new artists that um, that emasculate me and encourage me to go back uh, and bust my ass and work harder. All right, uh, YouTube. I got to say, out of all the social networks or any kind of media, that's the one I consume the least. You're missing out. Uh, I know. Uh, the only one, the only thing I really watch is um, movies with Mikey and the What Culture videos. Do you have a smart television? Yeah. And you have the YouTube app on there. Yeah. Just sign in and and, and go nuts. I know. I just, I'd rather watch TV. I'd rather watch something else. So let me say this before you go into your number two. Yeah. YouTube for me, as far as, uh, I don't want to give anything away, but uh, YouTube for me, as far as my television, is the thing I go to the most. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I, I have HBO Go. I have Hulu. Um, I have uh, the WWE Network. Uh, what have you, all these platforms, Netflix. Um, but YouTube is the first one I go to, and I search for shit, and I watch stuff, and uh, it's my main squeeze as far as uh, this year of visual content. Hmm. I mean, I know I need to up my game with that. It's just, like I said, either Movies with Mikey, What Culture, or the Homeward Bound scene from Leftovers. <laughs> uh, oh, and also, like... Maybe this is the thing that I've consumed the most. Okay. Um, pretty much the last 10 minutes of Make Happy from Bo Burnham. Okay. I've seen that. There'll be times where I'll listen to that like 10 times in a day. I totally get that. 2016. Yeah. But I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so my number two is something else that I devoured twice within a weekend. Oh, and right. I think it was like during the week. Yeah. Um, is the S Town podcast? Mm. It's I absolutely love it. Tell me all about it because I've never heard of it. Uh, how many episodes do they have? Who are the hosts? What do they talk about? When did you discover them? Tell me everything. It's uh, S Town podcast is from the creators of Serial and This American Life. Mm. Uh, the host is Brian Reed. And before you do anything, and I'm telling this to the readers also, do not Google anything about it. Okay. You will be spoiled about things that, that happen in this, and it's about um, it's about this person, a guy named Brian Reed, who receives an email from this man by the name of John B. McLemore, and it's pretty much just ex- ex- talking about like this murder that happened and that no one's been arrested for it, and how he feels like there's corruption, and Brian Reed goes to visit John B. And it's just, it starts off as like a murder mystery. It's and, fiction? Oh, it's true. Okay. It's a true story. 
and it goes much. It's being reported on, or is it live audio? It's on. It's on, it's just live audio. It's just so uh, it's a, like a, a series of interviews. Oh, okay. Uh, not just with that person, but with like other people in John B's life. Oh wow! I couldn't. That would freak me out. To it's hear. it's so crazy. It's so crazy, and it starts off about being about this person, and the reason it's called S Town is because John B refers to his hometown of Woodrow, Alabama, as shit as a shit town, and how much he hates it. But you start finding out this isn't just about th- this person, John B. This is about a town and how systemic racism exists how acceptance and trying to fix trying to wanting to fix something having the means to do it but in your heart you can't do it because you have such a feeling of longing and loneliness and wanting to connect with people and feeling like you're out of your element you don't belong and I heard it and it just floored me, and I remember hearing a lot of people online talking about it. I even heard a podcast about this podcast. Wow. So I was like, okay, um, I'll check it out, just because uh, one of my favorite podcasts that came out that it's no longer a podcast, Gen Pop, um, they did an episode about it, and I was, they said, it's like, oh, next week's going to be S-Town. I was like, oh, I'll check it out, and then I heard it twice, and I just heard it again this week. How long is it? It's seven episodes, uh, roughly about seven hours. Okay, and so it does have it. I mean, we talked about true crime earlier, so it's, but it, but it does wrap itself up in whatever fashion that is. Yes. Okay. In in a way, in a way, as much as the, this can wrap yeah. up. Yeah. But it's so beautiful. Mm. Um, it made me rethink things about myself, how I look at. Since I mean, we're from a town that's not very accepting of anyone. Yep. If uh. Uh, what was the, the what? What's the theory that you always said? Ghost town. Y- yeah. Ghost town. Well, so we're from the crab pot theory. Oh, the Mexican crab theory. Yeah. So the crab theory. R- real quick, just for our listeners, um, there's a. It's fun, it doesn't matter who told me this, but uh, there's a theory when it comes to Mexican psychology. There's there's an uh, here's an example. There's there's white crabs that are inside a boiling pot. And uh, they have to put a lid on top of the pot because white crabs try to help each other escape. And for the black crabs, they actually have to put a lid on top of the, the pot as well because when, you, when, it, when the water is boiling, black crabs help one another to get out of the pot, help one another escape. they got to put a lid on top of it. But with Mexican crabs, you don't have to put a lid on it because when one Mexican crab tries to get out, they pull them back in. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of like town thinking, like maybe small town thinking yeah. as well. Like you don't get to leave type yeah. thing. And that's one of the reasons why I love this podcast. Mm. And it's something that I will listen to. Like, I finished it on Thursday. And I want to start it right again. Because it's always new to me. Mm. And the main character in it, John B., is so charismatic. But it's also a character that you probably wouldn't want to hang out with for more than, like, three hours. Mm. Because it's not that he's just negative. But how it's just, he's a person that suffers depression and is he knows he's smarter than everyone mm. and hates where he's from. Very so it's something I highly, 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 out of everything I've mentioned today, even out of my number one, it's the one thing I highly recommend all of you that are listening to this to go out, whatever podcast app you use, mm-hmm. go ahead and research it, uh, look into it, uh, but... F- 
Do not Google a thing about it. Gotcha. Wow. Didn't expect that. Uh, this is because this is the first time you've told me about I, it. I've told you about it a couple times. S Town. Uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I guess you just had never gone in debt uh, depth. But um, my number two. Uh, I'm pulling an audible here. I wrote it down differently on my phone, but uh, this is the way I meant it. So you and I kind of compartmentalize things a little differently. Um, all of yours have been platforms. So yeah, and this one's, they're all platforms. And, and this is a platform as well. Number two, um, media content, whatever you want to call it, that I have consumed the most. Uh, the most. And, and it's not just the most, but it's also the thing that um, I keep going back to and just emotionally has uh, saved me in a lot of ways. And you can call it a favorite thing, but it's a, uh, it's just it just has a lot of significance to me and importance, um, and that's kind of like what's what's really more so the point when it comes to this criteria. Um, in order, number two is Spotify, mm. but specifically, you know, I, I think I got back into music in 2015, and I've told you this before. Maybe I don't know if I've said it on the Did show. I thought, I thought it was 2016. It was 2015, and because I, I I mean 2015, I, I went through I had a breakthrough. Uh, and I'm still in the aftershocks of that breakthrough, and I think about that particular event quite often. But um, the song that got me back into music was Miley Cyrus's Wrecking Ball. Even, I don't know if it came out that year. It probably came out a year before. But I had finally heard it for the first time, and, 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 it, and I was like... It's a good album. If this is what pop music is right now, I need to go back and kind of catch up. And also, I, I need to go back and listen to music again. And so I really started building. Um, I asked Facebook, like, should I get Apple Music or Spotify? And eventually, enough people told me, get Spotify. And I did. And that's the, you know, it could have been any platform. There's but something wrong with Apple Music. It's fine. I bet. I bet. Um, I, I, you know, Spotify, I think it's, you know, it doesn't really matter. Um, but some people really prefer Pandora 1. Some people prefer Apple Music. For me, Spotify is just, I already have it. I already have. Spotify is the best because of playlists. I think Apple Music, you can do that too, but I, I have like 20 playlists for different moods, different eras, different feelings, and uh, my feminist playlist uh, has over like 750 songs, and it grows every day. And um, But two things that I wanted to highlight in terms of things, and you've probably seen if you follow me on social, me kind of champion the most, but um, I did discover, I guess here's my Dave Cheat of this list. I did discover these two artists last year but i didn't go all in until this year and the two artists i want to highlight um i'll i'll separate them by gender my favorite male artist of the year that to me was like where have you been on my life would you like to take a, a guess um i know who your female is yeah my female one's quite obvi yeah. but uh take a guess with my male because i kind of want to talk about him for a bit uh frank no uh that i don't know um logic i still haven't heard it You'll love them. Um, I sent you a song, and this is so. This brings this entire conversation full circle. No, that's a great one too. But uh, Black Spider Man, okay, is a song, and it kind of brings this whole conversation full what's circle. What's the style? Because I've never heard him. So what's? It? No, no, no. I guess like vocally. Gambino. Okay, because like I, I wasn't sure if it was like because like Kendrick Lamar. No, it's, it feels Kendrick Lamar always feels more like spoken word. Or okay. slower, sure, sure. Because I wasn't sure if it was like that, or more character based, or Gam. Well, what generation of Gambino? This, like this, uh, because the internet. Um, because like when I that when record. I think of Gambino, like I think of like 
freaks and geeks and like oh, okay. that faster shit. Yeah, I like, like that. Fa- I mean, you, I prefer that myself. So, so Logic is a fascinating individual. I believe he's like 27 years old. He is black and white. Um, his mother was white. His de- father is black, and um, I can relate so much on a personal level of of being a quote unquote, and I. I just, you know, I despise this term, but it's been thrown at me to my face. A cuck? <laughs> God damn. Uh, Sweet and music. Okay, okay, okay. I'm out. Just fucking pin me and get it over with. Jesus Christ. I'm it's Mr. A Pink. Film. I'm Mr. Pink. Let's move on. Um, but I, I, you know, being being called a cuck. No, being called white passing. Mm. Um, Logic looks white, but he's black. You know what I mean? Okay. And so his music is is his music is like he's torn between like identifying as black but being being like dude you're a cracker so you got money right like you're rich like you know you come from here or whatever and it's like so his music has like a, a an identity po- political sort of like aspect to it that makes him unique. Um, but also he's a great lyricist. He's one of those guys that's written thousands of songs. He has four main records and they each are concept albums. So if you're into that kind of thing, like hip hop concept albums, like real briefly, the album that, that came out this year, well, first of all, uh, he's nominated for a Grammy this year. Nice. And, I, and I believe in, I want to say best album of the year, all black people. Uh, I don't know if it's I thought all, I heard no. that. Um, it's the first year since 1999 that no white male, because I think Lord is nominated. Okay. No white male. So, yeah, no white male. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, that's fascinating. Also, right? K. Flay was nominated for two. To, the, which, to which Claire responded, I wonder what she'll wear at the Grammys. Oh, she's not going to go. <laughs> of course she is, she, son. I would love to see. And Kristen I'll tell you Flaherty. why. Because because she's been playing the game. Oh, yeah. That's how she got to the dance. She's on a lot of commercials. She's been playing the game, and she's going to see it through. Um, Logic is one of those guys that uh, he had a record that came out this year, 2017, called Everybody. And uh, it's a concept album, and not to give too much of it away, not that it's like that, but um, it's about the afterlife. You know? Mm. It's about. You know, like, and Neil deGrasse Tyson does a voice on it, and he's God. God damn it! And it's really interesting, and I think every one of those songs is perfect, and it's it's the sound it's the soundtrack of of this year for me, um, like September and on, like this new chapter in my life. Mm-hmm. Like Logic is the soundtrack to that, and mm-hmm. so like that album or that album in particular. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so you're saving me some time because I did want to do an episode about like my favorite albums of the year and I could do a top 10 albums of the year but I uh, struggle with five but, but, I, but I will okay and but I would say everybody would be number one um, mm. of, of that came out that this year so I guess we're, we're, we're kind of having that moment here but well, uh, we could discuss music I'm, hi- I'm fine with that you know um, but just an incredible find and if you guys like hip-hop please check them out um, I'll check them out tomorrow good music videos as well um, you, you've probably heard him already on the radio. I'm happy that he got that exposure. I discovered him last year, but I deep, uh, uh, deep, deep, dive. deep dived, deep dove in his uh, oeuvre this year. Favorite male artist and uh, Spotify. You know, I have, like I said, dozens of playlists, but I've heard everybody. And when I get my Spotify statistics, it's going to tell me that I spammed the shit out of that It'll show album. you, like, what's your end of the year? Like, what's your most played? Or I look forward to that report, as always. Uh, and, of course, my favorite female artist of this year that I... That I, I wouldn't say I discovered, but that I went spammed. all in, spammed uh, is Grimes. Of course. Um, unfortunately, her record Art Angels, I believe, came out 2015. So I, I, I wish it was new. So I don't want to spend too much time on Grimes. But um, what's your favorite Grimes song? 
It's called Flesh and Blood. Um, That's a really good song. I wasn't that the hit from that album. I, I think it's Flesh and Blood. Uh, yeah, there's a music video for it. Um, I just like the story of it the most. Mm. Um, I don't read lyrics, uh, so I couldn't tell you what the lyrics absolutely are, because uh, she kind of goes into fairy mode quite a bit, and uh, you can't really make some things out. So I try my best, but um, I can just think of so many bus rides just listening to that album. I can think of walking downtown and like anchoring her album in my mind, and uh, it was like there's some anthems in there as well. Yep. I look forward to the day where she explodes. It sucks because she's the type of artist that she doesn't want to be a vocalist. I think she wants to be a Dr. Dre behind the scenes, and I'd love to see that, but I love her whole thing. One of my regrets is that she came to Austin, and she she was the opening act for Florence and the Machine, and it's like that's one of those things where I kicked myself. Like yeah. I really should have fucking made it to that show. It's a weird opening act for Florence. Wow. But, yeah. So that good. is weird. Yeah. That doesn't make sense, but uh, holy shit. So I, I hope I get a chance one day. I'll mark the fuck out. Um, but VIP behind the scenes, like, or I don't fucking want it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, man, I'm a big Spotify guy. Um, it, it's like a, um, I, I'm not a super drug person. Obviously, I sound like a fucking square just saying that. But, uh, you know, the you know, like the Hunter S. Thompsons of the world that, like, they, they need the upper because they're down. And they sometimes they need to go down so they can go up. Like, music is that for me. Music is either my upper or my downer. You know what I mean? And so I... That, that, that is how I, like, really, you know, like, the, the Nate Fisher, you can't take a picture of this, is already gone. Like, I will... One of the best quotes ever. Of all time. And, and I will anchor in emotions in particular eras to music. Yeah. So I can go back to it. And Spotify has just been a, a savior for me this year. I got to say, like, I think music this year has taken a back seat for me. Mm. Like, I keep on listening, because uh, I think my favorite album this year is I See You. Okay. From the XX. Okay. Such a good album. Uh, the one that I've listened to the most, and like especially the first song is the new album from Always Antisocialites. Mm. Their song Undertow. I was thinking earlier this year, like what would be like the song of the year for me, uh-huh. and it's definitely the song called Undertow from Always. It's just it's always in my mind, always in my mind. Nice. It's so good, but I don't know, just. I was talking with friends the other day, and they're like, who are these people that don't listen to music and mo- only listen to podcasts? And I just shut the fuck up because I'm just like, that's all I listen to. Like, right. um, But I think you're in a particular – I don't want to offend you and say phase, but I will say um, particular uh, headspace Yeah, right now where you need that. I mean, but that's been me for like the past year and a half. Yeah. Okay. So it's just like I was it's like so weird. You don't listen to music. It's taking a back seat. But you see a lot of live bands. Uh, not really. More than anybody I know. Uh, I mean, I see like a lot of other people, and it's like, oh shit, you've seen all these people. Like, I've been to maybe four concerts this year. Okay. So like, I've seen four concerts in my life. Well, like, I'm, when I first got to Austin, yeah. like I remember there was a period where it was like a show every weekend. Fuck. And and I wanted to discover more. And now it's just like, I've already seen a lot of my bucket list bands. Like, Radiohead is, like, one of my last ones. Yeah. So after I see Radiohead, it's like, I think I've seen everyone I need to see. Really? So uh, music is taking, like, even the fact that, like, um, Taylor Swift came out with a new album, and I'm a big fan. I haven't listened to it as much as I thought. 
Uh, Arcade Fire came out with a new album this year, which is one of my favorite bands. Their album sucked. And she's like, uh, I'm a little bit let down, but I always go back to uh, visual. Um, Arcade Fire, Death Cab for Cutie, Taylor Swift, some of the favorite music of the of kind of of who you are, came out with records this year, weren't that great. I'm not gonna. Um, I really, out of all of those, I probably uh, preferred um, Taylor Swift okay. th- uh, the most. Um, but out of my favorites, yeah. and I don't, I haven't talked about her much on here, and I might have an episode just based on this person. Uh, but Kayflay, yeah. Kayflay, uh, if I had a number two favorite album, uh-huh. it would be her album, Everywhere or Somewhere. There, there are songs that are on there that, like, word for word, I'm just like, that defines me, that defines me, that so defines me. am I wrong, or was Kayflay nominated for a rap album? Yep. Because it, that album's not rap. I don't, I don't, it's not, I don't know what, what it is what, anymore. What is she doing? I don't know. I've been wanting to ask you. I. Because, like, what is it? It's. Like, I, I, trust me, I, I've just followed her for so long, I, I haven't thought about it. But it's I'm not f- hip-hop. Before, it was like um, this rapper I used to listen to back in the day, uh, MC Lars, referred to himself as a post-punk laptop rapper. And I was just like, <laughs> yeah, I get it. And she was, and then I referred to as... K- the best self-label I've ever heard. Huh? It's the best self-label yeah. I've ever heard. And when I heard Kayflay, I was like, oh, this is indie rap. And it's like, oh, this is just indie music. And then it was just like, this just feels like poetry. Mm. It's poetry with music on it. Like, uh, I was sending her song Hollywood Forever. Mm-hmm. Like, that song changed me. And I sent my friend those lyrics, and she was like, are these lyrics or a poem or what am I, what is this? Mm-hmm. And I just sent her the song. She's like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. That's really, really good. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of hard to define her. Uh, but it's just hmm. pure energy, and she is one of, uh, I shouldn't like segregate this but if my favorite male artist Mm -hmm. is kanye my favorite female is kayflay without a doubt without a doubt Hmm. like i love taylor i love female artists but no one comes close no one will ever come close i'm not this is such a jarring um such a jarring thing going from kayflay to this but and I don't want to shit on Taylor Swift, but... You there, do almost every episode. I, I don't want to shit on her, but, I, you know, it made it's the Marvel thing. I'm like, is this thing as great as everybody says it is? Mm-hmm. I need time. Ask me in 10 years. I will reflect on Taylor Swift and say, did I, did I miss something here? You don't have to. Uh, okay, thank you. Uh, but Gaga is a, is a real musical force. And she's, and she's important, and it's a, a, a pop music that I go back to, and I'm like, this is... Almost how high it can get. Like with Gaga, I'm uh, I'm gonna relate Gaga to Miley Cyrus. When Gaga first came out, I was like, "Oh, man, she's a great." Like even though I wasn't a huge fan, mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, she's a great artist." When Miley Cyrus came out, and I was like, "She's gonna be." When Gaga came out, she was a great artist, and I was like, "She's gonna be very proud of everything that she's done." Mm-hmm. When Miley Cyrus came out, and it was just kind of just like all she did, was doing was just twerking and selling sex. Mm-hmm. A lot of her image, I was just like, "Oh, this is this is good right now," but she's probably going to regret this in like two or three years. Does she? I think so. Yeah. You I mean, she's so? she's changed her style in music. Her style. Her style. 
I think she. I think that was what she was feeling at the time. No, I know, I know, but it's you know? one thing where, I'm, where it's. I didn't think it was going to hold up, like image wise. I think it holds up image wise. I don't think so. Well, in her mind, she's like, I need to change some things. I don't know, but it, everyone does that. Who like, knows, right? Yeah, it's. Just I a mean, like the way I dress in high school, like I don't stand by that anymore. Neither do I. Exactly. I don't stand by the way you dressed in high school at all. Uh, I still. People shit on Jinkos. I still fucking love Jinkos. So we, music we was need, your number two. We don't need to talk about that. But yes, sir. Uh, I'm, this is it. This is it, Joel. Yeah. So my number one, and I don't even know how to describe it. Hmm. I and that's because I don't. I literally don't know how. Hmm. But my number one is Twin Peaks: The Return, mm. Part Eight. Mm. In particular, I mean the wow. premiere. The Are the episodes just called Part Nine, Part Ten, yes. Part? Okay. Oh wow! And that's why I, I love that. I, I I prefer that than episode titles. Okay. Um, you used to love episode titles. Um, I'm whatever okay. on them. Okay. But like the premiere is great. Uh, the, the first two episodes, uh, The Return, are, are amazing. The finale blew my fucking mind. Fuck. But get to buy the Blu-ray. Oh, me too. Me too. Uh, but part eight, it's the most ambitious thing I have ever seen on television, without a doubt. Like, really? it's. Are you being hyperbolic, Dave? No, right now? no. And this is gonna. What I'm about to say. Yeah. These next two things that I'm about to say okay. sound very hyperbolic. Yeah. And the thing is, like, I saw it, and I slept on it, and it's something that's been going through my mind since I've seen it. Huh. Did it's, you know that eight was special when you walked into it? I heard something. They're like, "Oh, about an atomic bomb." Okay, that's all I heard. Okay, that's all I heard, and I was like, "Okay," uh, 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 and a literal atomic bomb? A literal, a literal atomic bomb. Okay, and I was like, and people were just like, "That was a great episode of television." But like, people said the same thing about um, International Assassin mm-hmm. from the Leftovers, and it is a special episode. And when I saw part eight, it's as close, it's Lynch doing 2001. And non. You you don't know what you're talking about. And yeah, no, you have to see it. You have to see it. And non finale wise, even taking Ozymandias out of the equation, it is one of the goddamn best episodes of television i have ever seen for any series ever hmm. up there with parasite uh ozymandias i think it's much better it just like it answered questions gave you 50 million more questions and you're like i don't know what i'm seeing the balls the goddamn balls really? of mark frost and david lynch yeah. saying submitting that to stars uh-huh no uh, Showtime. Yeah. Submitting that to Showtime, being like, this is what we're doing. You told us you were going to give us creative freedom. Uh-huh. You told us this. Is it like an extra long episode? Um, I don't Or they, think... do, they do their gimmick in 50 minutes or whatever. I think they do it in 50 minutes. Huh. But it, it pays homages to past things. It creates new mythology. And it's just like, oh, my God. It's something that replays in my mind. There's a speech that's given in that episode. That is haunting and terrifying for me. God fucking damn it, man. I know. God fucking damn it. You need to buy the Blu-ray. God, is it out? Yeah. I'm fucked. Well, it, I, I, okay, so real quick. Um, 
I, you know, oh, how do I say this? Okay, so I hate Christmas. Mm-hmm. I hate all holidays. I hate them all. I hate my birthday. Like, oh, I just want to die if somebody sings happy birthday to me. I just want to die in that moment. But that to me, that's like my one malfunction. I'm a pretty decent, well-rounded human. But holidays, I'm just like, get the fuck out of here I with hate, this shit. I hate to be cynical, but I hate, hate holidays also. I hate holidays. I always one. have. They just make me feel inadequate. And it's not because, oh, I don't, I'm not, I don't have a fucking house with a chimney and a, it's snowing. Yeah. It's not that. Maybe it is a little, like, because I've, I've never had, I mean, you know, that's not true. I, okay, whatever. I've seen snow. Um, so, anyways, I, I already got my uh, family Christmas presents, and I'm like, open it. Like, you don't need to wait till the arbitrary day. My mom already got me mine, and she told me what it was. Yeah. And because with me and my mom, it's we've always called it a business transaction. Yeah. We, took, we put no love in this. There's no love. There's yeah. no love. There's no love in this. <laughs> and so I was like, here you go. Like, here's your thing, and here's your thing, and... And so we're done and expect nothing that day. Yep. Like, expect nothing and remember this thing. And I got myself, you know, a few things as well. And that was just like, we're done here. But now I'm going to be like, I kind of want Twin Peaks. For, you know, it'd be cool to open that. I, I, would, I would not deny that, you know, for well, if you want to call it a Christmas present. But uh, I didn't I, know it was I'm out already. My, I'm telling my parents, like, yeah. Uh, cause, like I didn't know it was out. It came out a couple of weeks ago. And even the box art is just like, oh my god, it's it's so good. And I mean, altogether, like I think it's such an achievement, just the return in general. But part eight is just I want to go back and rewatch it, and but it scares me. And I would have why? Hate, uh, just because it's in an unsettling way, L- like a lot of Lynch things. It's Re- horrifying. Yeah, dude, I was scared that there's only this, I, I, this has only happened to me like with two things like watching uh, Lost Highway, Never like I had to like turn on the lights in my house. Mm. You're gonna feel like that. I was just like, why? I was like, why though? And like it was nothing. It was just like a character alone in a house. I'm just like, ah, I'm gonna turn on my lights. So yeah, no, I felt that way with Lynch a few times. So it, it is like genuinely horrifying in a in a way. In a way, in a way, but huh. there's also like. There's some things in season two where mm-hmm. I was like, this is fucking scary as fuck right here. Yeah. Like, I am disturbed. Um, I don't want to go too much into, like, if it's disturbing or the imagery yeah, no, no, or no, anything. No, 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 of course not, don't. But, but, but I have felt that way, and mm-hmm. so I know the universe is not, like, is, is macabre. Yeah. But it's also a show that, like, I've always, like, I would have loved to like write about Lost yeah. when it was coming out. Like, all right, well, this is how I felt about um, Through the Looking Glass. I am glad I wasn't. Ha- I didn't. I didn't have to write about Part Eight. Like, I feel bad for critics that had to stay up on a Sunday and like write about that. Yeah, give me two thousand words of what you thought about that. Yeah, because it's it's like two thousand one where you're like, I don't know how to describe it. Oh, I fuck. don't. So. It's something that that that, that kind of um, those cinematic abstractions I live for. I live for that. And the thing is, like, I feel like I'm. I don't know if I'm over or underselling it. I really don't know because just because I can't talk about it in detail. No, I, I don't think you could oversell it. I'm just happy that you you sold me with the word ambitious, like seventy year old Lynch being ambitious he's probably like in his 80s maybe but uh 
I just want to see that. You know, mm. one of my favorite podcasters, uh, David Bax from Battleship Retention, well, he finished it, and it was just like, this is one of the best pieces of art I've ever seen ever. Like, you can't even call it a show. Like, it's it's, it's a, a new piece, thing. It's a piece of art. Like, and he was like, yeah, I don't know what to call it. Like. Lynch created his own genre, you know, and, and he's like, and that doesn't even, that's not even close to it, is what he said. That's why, like, I, one of the reasons why I want you to see it, yeah. the whole return, yeah. is so I could have someone to talk to about it. For like, sure, I for talked sure. about it with Robert, yeah. uh, and we had our own theories about, like, what the finale was. Yeah. Like, so I said, what did you think about this? What does this mean for it? And 18 episodes, too many, too little, too perfect, too what? I mean. Because that sounds like a lot to me. It does sound like a lot. Yeah. But it's an exercise in patience. And like, it's like, like, why do you need validation for everything? Why do no, you need closure? I, I don't look at Lynch films for that. No, I know. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. it takes great use of the time. And there'll be episodes where you're just like, it's not infuriating. Mm. But uh, you're just like, there's a person, this character in the show, Dougie Jones. And you're like, where is this going? Where is this going? He hasn't done, he hasn't really done anything in episodes. But when it closes up you're just like oh shit oh fuck oh fuck that's where this is going hmm. and it's just it's enthralling it's like like the original Twin Peaks even though I just caught up and I'm really late to it with watching Twin Peaks like uh, Nadine mm-hmm. like you really don't give a fuck about her character right and you're like you're just saying these characters interact in this city mm-hmm. that's what the show is but now that it's on Showtime, they can curse and they can show nudity and they can show blood. Right, right, right. So that makes Lynch it is much no stranger to that. Yeah, that's true. That's a very good point. That's kind of jarring, but um, when so, when you when uh, it's because for some reason for a day or something, Hulu will do these things where they're like, "Here's a taste of Showtime," like upgrade to the Showtime thing, and I'm just like, "Fuck you, man! I give you too much money as it is," even though it's like my most consumed thing or whatever. But um, I. It, they, they had the premiere, and I was like, I put it on, and you hear the Twin Peaks music, and Claire's like, turn it off, turn it off. Why are you doing this right now? And I was like, oh, God, I'm already like, just fucking kill me. I'm like, just fucking kill me. So, I I, that, I mean, I, I just want to, I, I, trust me, I want to get into it for sure, man. Oh, I, I will say, and we'll go into your number one after this. Yeah, I, I forgot but, I had a number one. <laughs> but uh, for that episode, because, like, throughout the whole season, there's like music that plays for a new artist mm-hmm. or or like an artist that we already know. Yeah. The most uplifting thing about this episode is a Nine Inch Nail song. And it's just like, ah, so, ah, ah. So I'm going to say something. Um, you had said that MC Lars called himself like a post-punk, post-punk laptop, laptop rapper. rapper. <laughs> and I love like self-labels like that. And uh, after writing my, my dream series, Rebel from the Waist Down, um, I, 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 at the end, the episode before the finale, I was like, I'm going to go for broke. And the finish of the episode is my 2001, like audacious, like here's my contribution to cinema thing. And it occurred to me, like people ask me, what's it about? Like, what, what is it about? Like, you know, is it action? Is it what? And I was just like, I don't know how to really define this. And I was like, if I just put words on paper of what this is, this is what it is. And it's melodramatic Mm anti-drama and that does not sound like welcome you know come on come aboard the knives monroe ship like no that does not sound inviting like nobody wants that melodramatic anti-drama 
like melodrama, but it's there's no plot, mm-hmm. you know, of like that kind of drama. But that's what I do, and I, I've come to terms with like being a functioning manic depressive. The 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 Same. the that's what I am. Like I, I am like when people are like, people will tell me that. You know, and I know I come off a certain way, and I'm like a do 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 mode guy, but it's really because like that's your coping mechanism. Yeah, like you know, there's some uh, like Jimmy Iovine. Not, I'm not comparing myself to him or like him or Dan Harmon, who compare their workaholics, like genuine workaholics. But if they're not working, they're in trouble. Yeah, and that's me. Like if I'm not busy trying to do something, like a carny, like trying to fucking flip something, like I- I'm in trouble, and I-, I will fall down a well very quick. So I'm a functioning melancholic. Like I I believe that. And but my favorite things in life are like dark, beautiful, sad things. Yeah. I go on Spotify and I and I look up playlists of like depressing songs, and I listen to every single one. And I'm like, I'm gonna add that to my depressing playlist. I'm gonna add that to my this and that. And I have, I have like a sad lady playlist. And I have that. like six different sad playlists of like different kinds of sadness. Like that is just what I'm about. So you, what you saying about like that episode and the most uplifting thing is a Nine Inch Nail song. I'm like, where do I sign up? That's that's what I'm all about. And you wouldn't think that about me, I guess, but for those that have known me long enough, like, dude, I that's just what I'm all about for better or worse. Mm-hmm. That's just what it is. But uh any any final thoughts on your number one? Uh I wanna go buy the Blu ray right now. I'm fucked. Uh it's probably like sixty, eighty. It's fifty. That's not bad. Yeah. Uh, but I'll have to buy the first two as well. Oh, and before you watch it, yeah. uh just so it's refresh in your mind. Yeah. Um, watch Friar walk with me again. Okay. And like, give it your undivided. Okay. So, uh, I don't want to spend too much time on here. Um, but just to recap, number five, social media platforms, Snapchat, Facebook, Instagram, number four, Hulu, which is also on my phone. Number three, YouTube, also on my phone. Number two, Spotify. And number one is the podcast app podcasts. Um, I've consumed hundreds, maybe even thousands of, maybe even thousands of hours of podcasts. And uh, I got it. It's I got it. It's a it's a it's a it's a science now. Like I have something. I have like three new podcasts: Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, I, I'm for fuck's sake. Like I'm doing two podcasts in real life. You know, like Jesus Christ, that's more than I can handle. Um, but the two guys that I really want to feature, even though I did discover them last year, but anytime there's a new one, I stop what I do, what I'm doing, and I listen to them. Um, now keep in mind, you know, I drive a lot. You know, sometimes I drive two, three hours a day. Um, so I, you might be wondering, like, how do you, how does he, how, how does he have, have time for that? I don't sit down like on my computer and I'm like jolly and listening to it. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I recently upgraded to Apple AirPods, but like, dude, I rock those white Skull Candy headphones. They were on my face like every day for three years. Um, so I'm always wired in. And even before that, man, I mean, I was always wired in listening to stuff. When I used to ride my bike to work, I was listening to stuff. And um, I think it kind of started five years ago in Austin. I was homeless and uh, WTF, you know what I mean, like uh, Mark Maron's podcast. And then it became it became obsessive. Um, I'd been hearing podcasts. Lost is the first podcast uh, I ever heard. It was a daily – it was like a, a weekly recap episode. If I recall – the lost podcast i want to say they were called like the lighthouse or like the it was something like that they had like a very gimmicky podcast i wasn't into podcasts back then and and like i used to listen to them and they had a call-in segment and you would call in and leave a voicemail and they used to play my voicemails and it was so cool um 
And so podcasts are just huge for me, man. And um, I kind of just escape. And now that I got these AirPods, they call them AirPods because you don't even know that you're wearing them sometimes. And that is awesome. And so I'm always consuming. But the two guys that I just really want to highlight, um, and I'm always down to listen to more podcasts. So if anybody has recommendations, at Knives Monroe me. But um, one of my dad's guy that changed my life, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, has a podcast called The Gary V Audio Experience. You know, he, he, he uploads a new podcast at 4 a.m. every day. Sometimes it's a five-minute podcast. Sometimes it's 15 minutes. Sometimes it's 30. But every now and then, it's an hour and a half. And I'm like, fuck it, hour and a half, I'm going to work out to this, you know what I mean? I love it, and I absorb it, and I consume it. And, I, and, dude, I save these podcasts, so I don't even need to use cellular data, and I go back to them, and I hear them again and again and again and again and again. Gary Vee changed my life. I can't think of, going back to anchoring music, I can't think of how many times I have anchored workouts to Gary Vee's voice. Um, Claire watches a lot of his YouTube stuff. I consume a lot of his audio stuff, so I owe a great deal of, of time, effort, energy, everything to Gary Vee and his audio experience. I love that. I love that podcast to death. And um, this is kind of base. This is like the most vanilla basic bitch of me, but uh, Joe Rogan, man. You know, I really got into I Joe. I never listened to one. I got into Joe this year, mm. you know, uh, and he was always there. I'd always heard like one-offs. Like I heard an Amy Schumer one. I heard a, a Neil deGrasse Tyson one. I heard this, that, and the third. But... Um, I got into it where I've heard every single one since, like the last 200 episodes. Um, it's so good, even though you notice the pattern of like it's the same guests, you know, that kind of stuff. That's kind of that's kind of how I felt because I followed Marin for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But after a while, just like I could I could hear Bill Burr so many times. I oh, dude, I'll help. I'll hear Bill Burr anytime. But, but that's time. what I mean. That's what I mean. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, what's his name? Uh, Eddie Pepitone was on all, all, a lot of time. Mm. And yeah, I, I hear Eddie Pepitone sometimes on Harmon, Harmon Town. Yeah. yeah. So it just, it got a little too familiar. I get it. I get it. You know, with Marin, um, I, I, nothing's changed. He's still great, but he's, you can tell he's uh, kind of tired. Uh, I mean, he he's was tired. doing a show yeah. that and his stand up. So. Yeah. Yeah. You can hear it in the voice. Like he, he doesn't have, like when you go back and you hear older episodes, he, he's got a sort of vitality to him. Now he's kind of like, oh yeah. So that's your bag. Uh, that's a racket. Yeah. Like, he's not interviewing anymore. He's it's, oh. it's really such a laid-back, chill talk now. So you mean when he's talking to people, not like his... Because my favorite thing is not when he was talking to people, yeah. but his like little banter. Yeah. Just about him just going off Those are good, but they're still... They're still he's so... I, I, I can sense a kind of fatigue, you know? Hmm. Um, but there's nothing wrong with that. I, I say he should do it for the rest of his life. Yeah, I get that. Um, great actor, by the way. He should get a nom for Glow because he was awesome. But... Um, He's also great in. Oh, you said glow. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's great on that. So Joe Rogan, Gary V. The things I've consumed the most. I wouldn't be here right now if it wasn't for Gary's podcast. Like, I would not be here because that guy. He was the fireman during the darkest days, man. Like for me, um, I saw so many projects through. I ate so much shit, and that guy was was there telling me wake the fuck up and get out of bed and be grateful and, and crush it and kill it and do it and, and enjoy the process. And, um, I mean, I'm in for, I'm in debt forever for that guy, man. And, and podcasts, like, I mean, I should really reevaluate my life. Like I, I consume to an unhealthy degree, like so many podcasts. That's why I love driving. Like 
I don't love going. I don't love driving five, six hours to go to the valley. But that means I get to listen to all the podcasts I want. When I when I drove down to the valley for Thanksgiving, yeah. that's the only thing I was excited. I was like, yeah. I have six podcasts I could listen to. Fuck yeah! And they're all two hours each. I was like, fuck yeah! I, I'm always like, I, I'm always like, oh, I'll go to HB and I'll do this, you know, in my house because I'm like that. Fifteen minutes, I can squeeze in a fourth of a podcast. Yep. You know what I mean? Like that's how it is for me. I'll wash the dishes because I can do that. You know. Yeah. Um, I just, I just, you know, God for fuck's sake, you know, it's pretty meta. Like we're we're recording one. Yeah. As I'm as I'm celebrating them, so that's my number one, man. I know it's not as a, not as much of a, as a mind fuck, um, as your number one, but uh, it's it, but it's honest. Yeah. yeah. I know. I mean, I love podcasts. I don't know where I would be without them. Yeah. Uh, I mean. If it's I, very revealing telling you the platforms that I consume the most and, and, and to the unhealthy degree that I do. I'm, I'm a walking consumption machine. Yeah. And, you like, know? it's our lists are very, very different. Yeah. Yours are just more general, I guess. I, I could because I can't – I don't look at things, like, episodically as, like, that one thing anymore. Like, I, I, I don't. I look at the net. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I, I, like, when I mentioned YouTube, I couldn't even say one video. Yeah. It was – it's the entire channel, you know, so. Well, like, these were things where that were just, like – just not bowled me over. Yeah. But uh, podcasts, I don't know where it would be. I mean, if I'm in a bad mood, I'll put on some podcasts. If it doesn't matter what kind of mood I'm in, I'm always ready for that. That's all I listen to when I'm at work. Yeah. And it helps me concentrate. It helps me think. And it gives me, I guess, material. So, yeah. All right, man. So where can people find you on the internet? Well, I want to do... Oh, we got more. Shame wa- on me, man. I just want to do two honorable mentions. Oh, by all means. Uh, one, uh, just because I... Is this, like, number six? Uh, no, they're just, they're not numbered. Okay. I'm just going to say. Okay. Um, and I rewatched both of them today. Um, Dave. one, uh, Pad Oswald's Annihilation. That's a good one. Uh, I saw, I saw Annihilation while I was at the gym today. Really weird to, like, be running to, like, But here. you could just hear it, no? Yeah. You don't no, no, I mean, it. I had it on, like, Oh, okay. Because okay. I was on the bike. Sure. Um, so I was hearing it. Really fucked up to do good it. Good crowd work. Oh yeah, one. amazing! I was work. like, "Whoa, you really fucking did something there." Yeah. He's he's a master. It's something I wish I had, yeah, like years ago. Yeah, um, but I mean, it couldn't have worked. Yeah. So yeah, Pat Oswald Annihilation. I really recommend it. And my last one, uh, as an honorable mention, is uh, "Dear White People" Chapter Five, uh, directed by Barry Jenkins. Ooh. Um, so so good. Um, it's another one of those that. It just, it was just a wave of emotions while watching it, and I'll never know in my life what Never say never. Huh? Never say never. Oh, no, I could say never. No, because they might put you in an avatar. True. Um, I'll never know what it's like to be a black male in America. Yeah. And, I mean, I love Dear White People, the show. It was a really good show. Um, But that episode was just... I guess a hard look at racism and some some things that we don't see and even just like little things that are said. Have you experienced racism? Racism? Ha- has somebody been racist to you? Uh, when I was working at Victoria Palm Resort, uh, they kept on telling me, oh, they, they train you beaners well. And they call me Spick all the time. Okay. And it was uh, elderly white people. Really? Yeah. Okay. I've experienced more people calling me like gay or faggot, but sure. Uh, not, not the same thing. Not 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 any 
better. It, it's it's harassment. Yeah, I it's mean, harassment. Yeah, dude, racism. Like I I I got I I I experienced it so much and so differently yet so plentifully as a child. Mm. I learned right away that it's and you know you know I don't like this word but it is the ugliest thing. Mm. It's the ugliest, unfair, irrational thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a great deal of pity for people that truly, truly see that that way. Uh, uh, oh, okay, okay. I was you know, when s- I told you, like, oh, you're late. Well, like, those people are fucking, they're, they're wrong. Yeah. They're just genuinely wrong. And, 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 and well, man, st- I, I wish there was, like, a, an empathy machine that you could just insert, preferably an- anally, that they can fucking be like what if i how how have i been seeing life through this lens you know what i well, mean there's also things in this episode where it's just like with where this guy keeps on saying uh because someone says the n-word in a song and he, and he he was like he's like dude you know i'm not racist and one of the black guys he was like he's like well what if i said cracker or something in the song and the white guy's like well i wouldn't be offended and the black guy's like and that's why it's wrong what I don't get it because he 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 was like you don't get offended by that word, cracker. Uh-huh. If you say the n word in the song, I get offended. Oh okay okay. There's a difference. Yeah yeah yeah. Because of what it means behind the word. Right. And I was just like, fuck. And one of the, one of the last images was so haunting to me. I remember like, uh, we were gonna record one episode, uh, and I was watching the season, and like you showed up, and I was just like, I just I. It was only thing in my mind, mm. and uh, yeah, I that those are my two honorable mentions. Those are good, man. You you consume a lot of television. Good amount, a good amount. I just watched all of uh, the var- marvelous Miss Maisel this yesterday, which was eight hours. That's me. You got to flip it. I'm putting. I'm holding you accountable on the I podcast. Am. You got to flip it, man. Um, you know, people have told me. That man, Dave has such a unique mind, and he has a, such a, a unique perspective. Like, tell him, tell him that he needs to, you know, do this and do that. And I'm like, I don't know anybody else that tells him more than me. Like, you tell him. Uh, stay tuned. He needs to hear it from more people. Stay tuned. Well, great, man. And this is a definitely. I would say, no matter what you do, this is your A pillar, baby. This is your A pillar, man. This is the one, brother. This is the one that people are going to remember you. And for. this episode's going up on a Monday, so. On a Monday. Tomorrow, like yeah. we're back on schedule. Oh yeah, we're back. We're back, baby. Yeah. Uh, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on uh, on Twitter at MetalDave815. Do me a favor, guys. Uh, if you're cool, only if you're cool, uh, hit me up on Snapchat. It's Rebel FTWD. I'd really appreciate it. We'll catch you guys next time. Later.